Welcome to Your Health Guide, your how-to prescription for better health, translating cutting-edge research for your everyday life. Join naturopath and health educator Lawrence Katsaris for practical tips and insights to help you on your wellness journey. Hi, I'm Lawrence Katsaris and this is Your Health Guide. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of detoxing your environment. We've all probably heard that there are toxins in our environment that are bad for us, but how much of a problem is this really? If they're so harmful, how are these toxins allowed to be used? Where are we exposed to them? And which particular ones are we talking about? Naturopath Claire Murray joins me on the show again today to walk us through this. Claire specialises in helping people remove toxins from their diet and environment, and today shares with us the short list of toxins that we're commonly exposed to. She explains in nice, simple terms how these can be affecting our health and why we need to make the effort to avoid them. I think it's really important for us all to know this because if you're making the effort with your diet and lifestyle to improve your health, you should be very aware that there's likely toxins in your day-to-day life that could be holding your health back and what you can do to free yourself from them. Thank you so much for joining me again, Claire. Thanks for having me. So we've talked previously about where we get toxin exposure through our diet, but where is it that we're getting toxin exposure through our environment? Yeah, so there's a few key places here as well that we need to be really mindful of. The first two that we'll cover is air. So that's basically think of that as like pollution. So if you live on a main road, if you live under a flight path, things like carbon monoxide and heavy metals and all that particle matter that we can be exposed to just through uh, the air. The second one is also work. So if we're exposed to things like chemicals or solvents or paints or metals in our workplace, that can also be another main source of toxin exposure. Okay, now these aren't things that we can easily change. Um, We can't necessarily change the air that we're breathing and it may be relevant to be changing our work environmental exposure um, if we work in, you know, industries. Mm. But for a lot of us, they probably just are. So where are the areas that we can influence? Yes, so the two areas that we have a really big influence over is our home, so all of the uh, cleaning products and um, in our home, and also our personal care products as well. Okay, now what is it that what are these toxins? What are we finding in those personal care products and products in our home? So think of everything in your home as many of the cleaning products that are in your kitchen and then also potentially in your bathroom as well also the things that we wash our clothes in so all of our laundry items and our personal care products that is all of our uh, skincare um, shampoo conditioner toothpaste perfume is a big one also makeup if you're a makeup wearer right and these are things that we're coming into contact with every single day Mm. and you know when you break it down and you look at the figures on it, it's quite alarming isn't it you see that before we even leave the house, we'd come into contact with hundreds, if not thousands, of these chemical compounds. Yes. Now, what are they? What are they specifically, and what are they doing that's bad for our health? Mm. Well, let's break them down because there's quite a few to go through. The first one, the first big group that we can look at, because we can kind of group them all together, is endocrine disrupting chemicals. So these are things like phthalates. Uh, phthalates are synthetic, used as synthetic fragrances, so that's kind of across the board in our home care, in our home pro- cleaning products and also our personal products. 
But phthalates are also used as plasticizers, so that basically means that they work to make plastic more pliable and soft so we can use it. So you're finding that in things like storage containers or kids' toys or glad wrap, that kind of thing. Um, you don't necessarily see phthalates on the label of something like shampoo or makeup or um, body wash, though. Like All a company needs to do in those kinds of products is just list that they've included a fragrance in the product. They don't have to specify that there's phthalates in there. And there's been, um, I, there was a study that came out earlier this year in 2017 that showed a connection of phthalates in men causing health problems, wasn't there? I remember seeing this talking about that connected it with diabetes, that connected it with high blood pressure and inflammation, which could be driving anything from fatigue through to you know joint pain. Um, and so they're pretty prevalent, aren't they? We're getting them through a lot of products that we don't necessarily know about it, and they're doing problems to our health. Yeah, totally. And I think that's a really good point to raise in that when we say endocrine-disrupting chemicals, that means that these products can go on once we absorb or inhale them to have a negative influence upon our endocrine system, which is basically all of our hormones. And a lot of these products that will continue to go through on top of phthalates, they have quite an estrogenic effect within the body. So for women, that can lead to, you know, uh, increased adverse effects if there is too much estrogen in our body. But for men, there's not meant to be much there in the first place. So there's uh, been quite a lot of evidence linking um, health, negative health outcomes in men. Yeah, so these endocrine disrupting chemicals by affecting our endocrine system, as you said, controlling our hormones, that could be insulin as a hormone, so controlling our blood mm-hmm. glucose levels, so that's where you see the connection to diabetes, or it could be raising too much estrogen in men or in women, which could be problematic, and we see, and I guess other effects that, you know, we see it affecting our thyroid hormone, affecting mm-hmm. our energy levels, that yep. has far-reaching effects to fertility. Yes. Okay, so these things are doing but playing with a lot of our pivotal programming in our health. Yeah. Um, so that's phthalates, mm. so they're our fragrances. Um, what other kind of chemical compounds are we getting exposed to? Yeah, your next one to look out for are parabens. So they're preservatives. They're used predominantly probably in your personal care and your makeup products. So they're basically there to prevent bacterial growth within them. They also have a endocrine-disrupting effect. Um, another big one, which a lot of people may have heard of before, is BPA, bisphenol A. That one has quite a bit of research on it, and I know that there are some countries around the world that are in dis- differing levels trying to phase out the use of BPA uh, because it's been linked to all kinds of negative things, especially reproductive issues, though, in men and women, which, you know, if it's getting down to the point where it's af- affecting our fertility, that's really... I believe, showing insight into how much this can actually play a role in our health because that's quite a pivotal pivotal function as a human. Um, But the thing is, a lot of companies, and you might even see this at the supermarket these days, are going BPA-free, like, um, you know, plastic storage containers or that kind of thing. However, that doesn't actually necessarily mean that we're using something that's better for us, no. Uh, Because that can they'll just basically swap out that bisphenol for another bisphenol. So that could be BPE or BPS instead of just BPA. So I don't think we're getting much further ahead on that one. No, and so this BPA, like it's found in plastics, but Mm. it's also found in a lot of other products that we wouldn't even necessarily think of, is it? 
Mm. Another big place that we might not think about it is in the lining the inside of tins. So any tin food will have exposure to BPA. Um, receipts are also a massive, massive one. Yeah, so our, our till receipts, mm. which is fascinating. And mm. there was that study that I think we've both seen that they looked at cashiers and they tested their urinary levels of BPA and they found that tested it before the shift and then after the shift and then their BPA excretion in their urine was three to 20 times higher than before their shift. So just by handing over those receipts after every transaction, these cashiers are exposed to them. So something, I guess, that links in with what you said about our work exposure, you wouldn't necessarily, Mm. as a cashier, you mightn't think, oh, I'm exposed to toxins every time I hand over a receipt. Mm. And as we, you know, maybe when we go on a shopping spree, Maybe we're um, getting exposed to some of our BPA through there as well. Yes, yep. Now, um, that BPA is also, as you mentioned, it's been started to be banned in, or at least pulled out of products, and I think it has been banned through a lot of European um, countries. Yeah. Uh, and it's been shown to have effects not just on, on our health by that endocrine-disrupting effect, and it tends to largely work through affecting estrogen levels. Yeah. Um, but also on future generations as well. Mm. Like I've seen the studies where they talk about uh, animal studies where they expose mice to BPA and it affects the fertility of their children and the grandchildren for three generations affects the fertility. Yeah, which is so scary, but I also think is very powerful information in showing that us that yes these things do have an influence and look at the amazing things that we can do by removing these things from our environment from our homes and also you know our kids exposure to these things uh, you know what knock-on effects that could have not only for you for your children but also your generations to come for sure and I want to talk about that in a moment because I think that's a powerful point about even in an, an allowable dose and in, in inverted commas like a safe dose of these toxins we're talking about they have been found to have major health effects yes so i want to talk about how that works in a moment but while we're still working through the list we've got phthalates and so our fragrances we've got our parabens um, we've talked about bpa any other chemical compounds we're exposed to our environment yeah, another one is called triclosan. That's another antibacterial agent, but it's you're, you're finding that more in like your home cleaning products, not so much your personal care. So that's things like liquid hand soap, uh, detergent, cleaning products, some toothpaste as well. Uh, and then the last one is chlorine. So we all know that one, you know, bleach, but that's found in things like um, whitening agents, mold remover, toilet cleaners, all that kind of thing. But that... It can be quite a respiratory irritant when inhaled, but also once that is inhaled or absorbed, it can go on to disrupt our thyroid function, which has a very um, strong and and powerful impact over the metabolism of our whole body as well as our hormones. Yeah, so then we'll start to notice things like fatigue. It might affect our hormone levels, so fertility in her, maybe infertility in him, Mm. and even weight as well as how we're burning our energy and distributing that energy. Mm. Okay, so uh, for triclosan, is that something that we will be seeing on the label of products or how would we be identifying that? Yeah, yeah, you should be able to see that on the label. Okay. Yeah. So collectively all of these outside of chlorine, well, chlorine is also an endocrine-disrupting chemical. And is there other chemical compounds outside of, do they work outside of just disrupting our endocrine function and hormone function yeah there's definitely a few extra to look out for as well a common one similar to bpa that a lot of us might have heard of is sls so sodium lauryl sulfate that is a basically a foaming agent so uh it can 
you know, it's not having so much of an endocrine disrupting effect, but it has quite a bit of uh, information behind it showing that it can be quite negative to the body. For a lot of people, it can create skin irritation. So if you find that you do react to products, uh, any type of um, personal care product, it could potentially be the SLS in there. And, and that's probably a bit more of an issue for anyone who has sensitive skin or for kids, especially because being a foaming agent, it basically comes out and in strips the natural oils from our skin, which can then, um, for people that, you know, who have skin conditions or have sensitive skin, that can be a real issue. Uh, and can definitely lead to that irritation. Uh, it's also been shown, however, that it can potentially react with other compounds to create carcinogenic chemicals, which I think is is a bit scary. So on its own, it can be an irritant, and in combination with other things, it can go on to produce some kind of nasty chemicals. So it can be a really, really nice one to avoid, but even though that sounds a bit scary, it's actually a very easy one to avoid, which you know we'll go through. So that's definitely one to be mindful of. Um, another one also is mineral oil. So they're basically uh, mineral oil is basically a petrochemical. It's a byproduct of distilling petroleum basically to produce petrol. So it uh, it's um, an emollient. So it helps to um, hold moisture to the skin and helps to form a barrier. So that's going to be in things like moisturizers or creams, and um, Basically, that's been linked as an irritant as well. And the hydrocarbons that you find in there, they've been found in, you know, fat tissue. Um, so they're kind of something that we hang on to and absorb. And, and the body doesn't want to easily let go of that because it's quite a toxin to the body. Uh, and finally, uh, the third one is fluoride. So we find, about, we find fluoride in our water, which we've talked about in a previous episode, in the diet episode, but that's also uh, can be in toothpaste is our most common area of exposure. And that one, similar to chlorine, can also disrupt our thyroid health as well. So it can be a nice one to avoid if necessary. So while useful for our dental hygiene, mm. in excess of it and exposure to it, you know, hopefully at least two times a day through brushing our teeth mm. and then through our water it starts to potentially uh, add up and affect our thyroid health mm. now with regards to the mineral oils are we what are we looking for on the label of our personal care products um, for that is it is there anything how, how do we identify it oh it'll basically just say mineral oil okay. it's really really common to come across yeah and it's really uh inexpensive and easy to get a hold of so you'll see it probably in cheaper or lower grade i would say you know products but across the board if you're using synthetic skincare or synthetic personal care it's really really common to come across yeah interesting and mm. we're going to talk more specifically about some of those I guess marketing ploys or how reading labels can be a little bit deceptive in our, in our other episode about how to eliminate these chemicals and how to practically remove and swap over your products in another episode. But while we are talking about this in terms of labels, the sodium lauryl sulfate, as you mentioned, fairly easy to, to avoid now. A lot of products are doing sodium lauryl sulfate free mm. um, products, so that's certainly ones that we can be avoiding. Then chlorine, obviously easy to spot on the label. Um, triclosan, you mentioned, is on the label. BPA or any kind of other bisphenols, yep. um, which is what the BP stands for. Yep. Pretty much we assume these are in our plastics, these are in our receipts, um, these are also in other areas such as the plastic liners of tin products, etc. Mm-hmm. And our parabens, which are in a lot of personal care products, um, used as antimicrobials, you mentioned. Yep. And our phthalates, which are used as, as fragrances. I think I've, I've 
captured your just recaptured your list there? Yes, that's the list. Okay, now you've talked about like that is a fairly decent list. Yeah, and that's it is. A, that's a fairly, you know, there's some fairly damning effects that can come from some of those that you've mentioned. And this isn't uh, like these aren't conspiracies. This is very factual. It's very mm. based by science. There are a lot of studies are proving this more and more as we start to see these chemical compounds may not be as safe as we once thought they were. Mm. But a question that I hear a lot is, well, if it is that detrimental and that that harmful to us, how can it be allowable to be used in products? What do you say to that? Yeah, isn't that such an interesting concept and or interesting question? And I and I think a good way to think about that is to kind of spin it on it spin it on its head a little bit and, and go, well yeah, isn't that such a good question? Like how is it that all of these are allowed to be in all of our products and, and to be applied to our skin or to be, you know, in our homes each and every day? And I would say to that I think we are slowly starting to realise that these things are actually quite bad for us. Like, we, you know, with the advent of the industrial era, started to create a lot of these chemicals and then maybe after using them for a few decades, started to realise that, hey, you know, some of these aren't really great. Um, There's definitely been instances with other things like uh, PCBs or persistent organic pollutants, which are referred to as POPs, that, you know, we started using those quite industrial chemicals and then several decades later, say in the 1970s or the 80s, realised that this is something that we've got to pull because Mm -hmm. they're really causing a lot of negative effects and having, you know, carcinogenic effects, that kind of thing. Uh, and I think that we're finding that happening now. Probably the best example, which you referred to, is BPA. Like there has been quite a movement to uh, ban that, and I know that there are some countries, I think especially in the EU, that are starting to do that, and that's starting to happen now with phthalates as well. So from that perspective, yes, it's a good question, but I think we're also slowly getting there in that we're realizing and. and I think consumers are starting to drive, you know, I think it was us that started to drive that whole BPA movement in that we decided that we didn't want that in our products anymore and that people had to provide different options for us. But also on top of that, or as an aside to that, a lot of these chemicals are probably tested as a once-off or they are tested as a once-off. So, you know, they might find in the small daily exposure that isolated chemical itself might be safe. But once you combine it, as you mentioned at the start, to the hundreds if not thousands of chemicals that we're exposed to each day, that can go on to have a real effect and it can go on to, you know, really impact our, our thyroid or our hormones or the levels of inflammation or the ability for us to balance our blood sugar levels, you know. So, I think we're getting there, but we still have a way to go. Yeah, great. It's almost that death by a thousand cuts, isn't Mm. it? It's like these have an accumulating effect and they start to add up. And that that point that you raise about they're tested in isolation. And we are are almost acting as human guinea pigs where we start to be exposed to these chemical compounds and no one knew what that would do over decades and decades of exposure and as that's even passed through in generations Yeah, exactly. Okay, so when people start to avoid these compounds and they start to be aware of, okay, this has a detrimental effect on my health, uh, I'm going to remove it, what do they then start to notice as benefits? Yeah, I think you'll start to find that, you know, for things like the triclosan, the chlorine, the SLS, the the mineral oil, removing those kinds of things from your home, like your cleaning products and, and your personal care products, you'll find that, you know, if you do have anyone with sensitive skin or, or, or little ones in your house, that they'll tolerate things a lot better and how they can be linked to being irritants, you know, respiratory irritants as well, just people's immune systems and... Uh, 
you know, its skin and respiratory systems being a lot calmer. If we look at things more like the endocrine disrupting uh, chemicals, they can probably be a bit more intangible in that, uh, you know, those effects, as we've mentioned several times, can cross through the to the generations and that it's having more of an insidious effect within the body. However, you know, if, if you've gone to see your practitioner for a reason and they've put you on a detox to help you with that, you can be really sure that by eliminating these things, eliminating these chemicals in conjunction with doing your detox, you are actually reducing this burden and it will help to improve the symptom profile that you're working on. Because otherwise you're going one step forward with the hard work you're doing with your diet and the supplements you're taking and the exercise you're doing and then you're going one or two steps backwards with how these compounds could be affecting your health. Yeah, and I just think, you know, think of the burden that you're um, alleviating your body from and just that, you know, your sugar levels will and your thyroid will, you know, and the levels of inflammation in your body, they'll all be allowed to um, balance and reset by eliminating these things and by doing a detox because they're just not influenced by them anymore, which I think is really, really powerful. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is these compounds are affecting our health. Yeah. And we may not be noticing it every day because we've just got used to it as kind of white noise in the background of our health but when we start to remove that as you say you start to notice improvements in maybe skin health immune health and our endocrine function which could be governing our hormones our blood blood sugar levels our energy levels that's fantastic thank you so much for your time to give us a nice rounding about how those compounds work on our health how important it is to be removing them and then in the next episode we'll talk about okay well practically how do we go about swapping them over for easy alternatives so that we can leave live a nice clean life yeah thanks claire thank you thanks for listening to your health guide any resources or links discussed in the episode can be found at metagenics.com.au To help you continue on your health journey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please rate and review us. If you have any questions about how this information could relate to your health condition, please go and speak to your natural healthcare practitioner who can provide you with specific advice for your health needs.